Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? And does this smell good? Wolfing down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Luke. Hey boys. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. All right, it is time for Wolfing Down Your Lunch. All of today's top sports stories in one place. Aaron Maloney is here. Aaron? So the Arizona Cardinals fell to the Vikings on the road yesterday, 34-26. Our Sanderson Ford poll question is up now at ArizonaSports.com, and it asks, who do you blame the most for the Cardinals' loss to the Vikings? So your options, Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray, the defense, or it was a team loss. He gave us the out there at the end. I'm going to take the out. I'm going to go team loss. Yeah, for me, I'm going to go team loss, and it's because I'll point to the line of scrimmage and say what happened on both sides of the ball to the Arizona Cardinals. They got dominated on the line of scrimmage, dominated by the Minnesota Vikings' rushing attack, and the Arizona Cardinals could not reciprocate. They could not run the ball and dominate the line of scrimmage um, against Minnesota dominated from a team perspective because their quarterback threw two picks and Kirk Cousins threw zero picks. They got dominated pretty much as a team in all three phases. It's tough to blame Cliff or Kyler specifically, too, because we don't know what's going on with the miscommunications or whatever it is pre-snap. So if, if you could tell me, oh, that's just all Cliff or that's all Kyler, I might give you a different answer. Kyler Murray went 31. Oh, I have to give you guys the results. I forgot about that. So 81% say Cliff Kingsbury. 11% say it was a team loss. 7% say Kyler Murray. And then 1% say the defense. And Patrick Peterson says Steve Kime for not calling him back. Get over it, right? (laughs) I mean, how would you feel if your girlfriend currently was still talking about their ex two years later. Wouldn't feel great about that. Mm. Gotta be honest. Especially if things were going well and we were six and one. Especially if you were showing that kind of passion and emotion. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Is he that passionate at the so other 16 weeks in Minnesota? Once again, and I love Pappy. What are you doing, man? What are you doing? Leave it alone, question. Pat. It's a lot of fair questions. Kyler Murray went 31 for 44 for 326 yards and a season-best three touchdowns. What did you guys think of Kyler Murray's performance? It was fine. I mean, the interceptions obviously were a big part of why they lost. I feel like we've said this a few times this season where, like, Kyler didn't lose them the game, but he didn't win them the game. And he did win them the game against the Raiders, so it's yeah. not like he hasn't done it at all, but... I, I mean, you're you're paying him a quarter of a billion dollars. At some point, he needs to be able to win you games, too. That's not fair on a week-to-week basis, but it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to look back at the end of the season and be like, oh, yeah, Kyler won them these three games almost single-handedly as, yeah. as the quarterback. First of all, anytime you're going to be in a one-dimensional offense the way that Kyler Murray was and you're not going to be capable of being balanced or running the ball, you're in trouble, especially when you throw the ball 44 times. And sure enough, uh, his two worst throws of the day of those 44 attempts, they were picks, and those picks were critical. They were important picks for Minnesota. Won them the game. The Cardinals now sit at 3-5. and five. They have the Seahawks, then the Rams, and then the 49ers over the next three weeks. So what do you think of the Cardinals' playoff chances now? 
I mean, this is it. You got to start winning, and they are not stacking wins. What is it? It's been almost a year. It's and been- Cooper Cup is. What is he? Yeah, he's, week to week, day to day. He is, he's yeah. got that ankle injury. It, I, it's ironic that the Rams of those three teams are like the yeah. quote easiest game to win, and yet the Cardinals have struggled with the Rams for like as long as I can remember. They got to win two of these three, otherwise we're just talking ourselves into them being in it. Right now, something's got to change with this team. They have to change. They're three and five. They're not going to the playoffs right now. Something has got to change. What they do and how they do it has got to change. Um, and hopefully everybody that is involved in making that decision is on board with that truth. Something has got to change. The, the kind of offense that you're running, the defense that you're running, whatever it is, something has got to change because right now you're three and five. Injuries have just Oh, man. Just you want to talk about how critical injuries have been for the Arizona Cardinals. You were talking about it earlier. They're the most banged up team in the National Football League. It's not close. It's not even close. And yet at the same time, for all you know, you might be banged up in the second half of the season. You're three and five. Don't even talk about playoffs right now. It's not close, but that index, that banged up index that uh, Darren Urban tweeted out, the second most banged up team is Baltimore, and they're still finding ways to win games. Exactly. Tomorrow is the NFL trade deadline, so what would you like to see the Cardinals do? Well, I know Wolf wants Bradley Chubb. Um, I don't think anybody would be upset if they went out and got Bradley Chubb. I... I don't know what you do on the offensive line. Are you almost better off just sticking with what you have and hoping internally these guys have played together enough that maybe that's better than bringing in somebody from the outside? Because how many really good offensive linemen are available in week eight of the season? <laughs> that's a great point right there. Uh, not a lot to answer your question. Very few. Maybe none. Luke, actually. But... Um, yeah, Bradley Chubb, I would love that right there. And you know what? They did it once before. Now, it was for a second-round pick. They did it once before with Chandler Jones, and that worked really, really well for yeah. the Cardinals for five years, especially because they re-upped him as well. The same situation with Chandler Jones exists and could exist with Bradley Chubb. And defensively, that's exactly what they need. And then we're going to end it here, guys. The Phoenix Suns beat the Rockets last night, 124-109. to They are now 5-1. and how do you feel about this team right now? I tell you, if you if you felt like they would be fine this season, um, you're being vindicated so far. Five and one with wins over Golden State and the Clippers, specifically, and Dallas mixed in there as as the highlights. Uh, the two wins this weekend, that's nice. It was the professionalism you were talking about on Friday you wanted to see, Wolf. You took care of business against two teams you should beat, a beat-up New Orleans team and then Houston. But to hear Chris Paul talk about what they're doing behind the scenes to make sure they are getting better as the season goes and they're still five and one, it's not bad. Yeah. Um, you know what? I love this team. I really do. I love their professionalism. I love their toughness. I, I love the culture they have in this locker room. I love watching them play. They are professionals. 
I love the fact that Devin Booker is their best player, and everybody recognizes the fact that he is their best player. He's their MVP, if you will, going forward this season. I love the fact that they have the makings of a bench, a brand new bench, five guys that are actually going to play together that I think really could gel. I think they show the possibility of gelling and coming together, and that excites me because you have a couple of new faces. I I love what I'm seeing from this team right now, and I love the fact they're trying to address problems that arose from last season and winning 64 games last season. They're trying to take care of business, address those problems, and change for the postseason this year. I love that proactive approach. It's refreshing to see a team in town that isn't underachieving or rebuilding. And they I get that they underachieved for about a week last May, but for the most part, for two and a half years, the Suns really haven't been underachieving. Uh, that was Woman Down Your Lunch. Thank you, Aaron. As always, we'll come back and talk to Paul Calvisi. What was his biggest takeaway from the Cardinals' loss to the Vikings? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Big Red Monday and Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Welcome back to the show. Paul Calvisi is joining us now in studio. We are out here at the Dignity Health Arizona Cardinals Training Center. A Big Red Monday. We'll talk to Cliff Kingsbury in about an hour and a half. Polly, they are coming into this uh, Big Red Monday off a loss yesterday in Minnesota. So let's start here. Wolf and I started the show. I said, look, you lose a game to a 6-1 and team now with 60% of your starting offensive line missing on the road. Normally that would be acceptable. The problem is you dug yourself such a big hole in other games you should have won this year that now no loss is acceptable. They could go into Buffalo and lose by one and people would be losing their minds because there's no margin for error left. Yeah, it's, I mean, look, as the uh, headphones are all messed up here, I apologize. By the way, Wolf's banana costume is throwing me over here. I can't oh, believe Wolf is oh, dressed like a it. huge banana Call here it. today. Honestly. I'm not acknowledging anybody's costume, by the way, at the facility. Any of my coworkers, especially the 20-somethings, 30-somethings who are all dressed up on Halloween, I'm not acknowledging, I refuse to acknowledge anybody wearing a costume today because we don't have time for that kind of nonsense here no, on Halloween. Don't, Polly. We don't have time So for. there are people up there walking around and Halloween costumes? No, you know, it's on the business serious? side. Some of the uh, younger people, you know, they plan this out accordingly. I'm sorry. It's, uh, you know, it's a salty, uh, it's not a victory Monday. You're salty here, so accordingly. So, are you, to Luke's question. I thought you guys were dressed up as each other because you're both wearing red first polos. First of all, Paulie, uh, do, how are you going to carve a pumpkin? Are you going to put a pumpkin out there, Paul? No, I've told you many times that we can't put, you can't put a pumpkin out because then I forget it's out and then the javelinas attack it overnight. Oh, so, I don't right. trust myself yeah, right. to actually carve the pumpkin or else. They leave you a little gift on your front porch, huh, Paul? <laughs> exactly. Sort of what the Vikings left, the Cardinals yesterday in Minnesota. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm about as salty as Pat P right now. You so, are salty. <laughs> I mean, oh, what's my going goodness. On? You know, maybe, maybe Pat P's rubbing off on me. Man, he was barking at the sideline from pregame all the way to postgame. 
In fact, he was yelling at me when, when Cam Cox came over with the camera Paul, and captured what he had you, to say after the game. Can you relate that story, Paul? Well, so we're on the sideline and the game ends and you know half the guys decided to dap it up with uh, Pat P and half didn't. Okay? okay? Put it that way. Because he was barking and cursing and bleeping the Cardinals sideline. I'm guessing Kyler was one of the ones who didn't. Yeah, I think he just went straight to midfield. But uh, right. anyway, so they and look, I've hosted a number of Pat P's charity things over there. So I said hi to Pat, obviously, blah, blah, blah. I go to get my bag. I'm the last guy left on the sideline. And he turns around and he points at me and it says, hey, where's Steve Kime? And then he went into the whole tirade. And then Cam Cox came over the camera and, I, and he said it right into the camera. And he did. And there you go. He played it. But, to, to, you know, and we talked about this during the game. Where was this last year in week two? It's a great question. Didn't make any of those yeah. allegations last year in week two. Didn't have nearly the same so demeanor. Paul, so so I, you're telling I, me that... just confused. Yeah, you're telling me that Pat Pace suddenly saw you walking around out there and you're the one who stoked the fire. No, I was Is the only one left. Sold? I was the only one left and he was obviously looking for the GM. <laughs> so then he started directing his ire accordingly. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> How many former saying? players point to you and say, where's Wolf? I need to talk to Wolf. <laughs> he, would, he wanted a piece of Wolf too. That's right. <laughs> so Paul, Three and five, right? Of course, now, if he would have played like that in the entirety of, end of his Cardinals career, right, then he'd Paul. still be a Cardinal. That's <laughs> okay. what we were talking about at halftime. But the yeah. irony of oh, it all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dennis Green. Yeah. What's the question again? Three and five, Paul. Give me your thoughts on this team at the so-called halfway point. Now we find out. I just there's something about this team that I think they decided. You know what? This we're not going to repeat the mistake of the last couple of years. Be the team that wins the first half of the season and have nothing to show for it. Here's the problem, uh, and I think you see it obviously in the first quarter. Here you are going to week nine. You don't have a single touchdown in a first quarter all year. Boy. So the slow start is to games. The slow start is to the season. Guess what? The the urgency is here. And what did Rondell Moore tell us after the game yesterday in the post-game radio interview outside that locker room where, yes, emotions were raw once again. It was visceral. It was palpable in there, okay? You, I mean, what... what it, so Rondell Moore's message was that a lot of the team leaders talking about the sense of urgency needs to improve. Not just on game day, but during the week. Because how do you get a situation where all these mistakes repeat themselves? Any hallmark of any losing team is what? Different guys making different mistakes at different times. That's any sport. Just like a winning team, you get different heroes at different times, yes. right? Different guys take their turn making those plays that will win you games. Well, it's just the opposite right now. Why have these guys been banking on making a run to the second half of the season? Were they waiting for D-hop? Well, guess what? The time is now. And you're going to find out. I think that urgency better be there. You know, Vance Joseph said something a couple weeks ago I thought was telling and maybe even a little cryptic. Maybe he was trying to send a message or and or state something about the condition of this team. And it was it went along the lines of the process of winning is a lot harder than winning on game days, meaning getting to game day is a lot harder than just ramping it up on game day. Yes. Having that commitment, that urgency, Monday through Saturday. And that's what he tries to tell young players. And maybe that's the key message right now for this team. As soon as I hear you say that, though, Paulie, I think of preparation, Luke. That's the first Mm -hmm. thing I think of. Preparation and how you prepare throughout the week. Every individual. It starts with the individual, and then it goes to your teammate, and then all of a sudden your, your room, position room, whatever room you're in, and then it goes to the unit, offense, defense. It's all about you preparing yourself individually first and then collectively. 
You got no chance if you don't approach it that way. Because the little things in the NFL are big things, and then big things are game changers, like the turnovers change the game. Yeah, could argue what lost you the game, but it's still those little things that are still big. Look at the stinking Vikings right now. Last year, uh, and the stat was they lost eight games by eight points or fewer. And so far this year, they've won five or six games by eight yeah, points it's, it's or fewer. Out for them. It's yeah. those little things that Kevin O'Connell has come in, right? And, and they've really focused on that, and that has won them games, the close games. Because almost all games in the NFL all, yeah, are that's close. The thing. All these right. games are one-score right. games or maybe a yeah. nine-point loss for the Cardinals right. or whatever. And teams fool themselves into thinking, oh, we're close on the scoreboard, we're close as a team. No, you're not, until you find a way to do those little things. Let me ask you this, Polly. With the trade deadline tomorrow, and I'm not asking you for a name or anything, but what would your approach be? Because I think a week ago everybody was like, yeah, if you can get a good player and you have to give up a pick or whatever, make that trade. Now you're three and five. Do you just kind of ride it out? You're not done, but do you ride it out and see well, if, if what you have can turn a corner? Because otherwise you might be giving up draft capital for a lost season. Okay, but you still need an edge rusher. Whether it's this year, next year, you need an edge rusher into the future. So Bradley Chubb could be that same guy that Chandler Jones was once upon a time. And about I'm in for that. If, at if the same point in his not career. Not a rental, like a guy that's going to be yeah. here, yeah. And your defensive coordinator was his head coach in Denver, so you have inside information. You know, So, great. Otherwise, though, I think this is an underrated part of this team right now, is what happened on the defensive line yesterday. Minus your starting nose tackle, Rashard Lawrence. When you don't have J.J. Watt and Zach Allen in the game, and those guys are definitely on a rotation, especially J.J. Watt, it was a liability. You gave up nine yards of carry to Dalvin Cook in that first half. They could use some reinforcements on the interior D-line right now. I know the easy answer is edge rusher, obviously. How does Kirk Cousins run 17 yards for that touchdown? I I was just telling Wolf, that was more irritating to me than anything else that happened yesterday. You know what's interesting about it, though, Paulie, uh, in that first half alone, the Minnesota Vikings in rundown situation, first and 10, second and 1 to 6. Rundown situation, Paulie, where the defense kind of expects you to run the ball if you're going to run the ball in rundown situations. They ran the ball 12 times for 100 yards in that first half. Mm. Second half, 10 times for 27 in rundown situations. Almost identical to the game last year. Exactly. When they ripped off 140 yards rushing in the first half and then they made the mother of all halftime adjustments. So... What is that? I tend to think my guess is twofold. One, when J.J. Watt and Zach Allen weren't in the game, yes. that was a liability, especially near the goal yes. lines. Number two, your young inside linebackers are still learning. And, and you know they had Jordan Hicks and Michael Kendricks, Eric Kendricks out there, yeah, right? right. <laughs> yep. In the right place at the right time. It's still a learning curve on the Cardinals side. Jordan Hicks making the uh, the tackle that basically end the game. Yeah. I, I, I don't need any more poetic justice for other teams. I'm yeah. over it. Yeah. Uh, Polly, thanks a lot, man. <sighs> Sorry. Sorry for the salty all right, Paul. It's no, Halloween. I, I love it's Halloween. never ended an interview you know, with a sigh yeah. before. Kids, when you, when you going to pass out candy? Yeah, when the kids that? come to the front door at Casa Calvisi, I'll be in a much better mood. mood okay? Don't them? hesitate. You're going to give them some New York mint strip or something like that? You're going to give them something good, Paul? <laughs> You're not going to be Polly Pennies and be the guy that gives out a penny. Be, yeah, right. Candy and candy only. <laughs> okay, None of this right. other stuff like giving out notebooks or pencils or erasers or loose change. Come on now. Or advice. Packs of candy corn. Is that what you're going to get off? 
Wolf just Patrick stands out there and talks about 12 personnel for the kids. <laughs> <laughs> text us your thoughts to the Fendel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. What do you think of some of the coaching decisions the Cardinals made in yesterday's game? We will get into those next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Love you, bro. Love you. Love you. Let's be the best. Let's be the best. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Big Red Monday and Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Well, we got one big name defensive player switching teams, Wolf. Okay. Roquan Smith leaving Chicago. If you remember, what was it? It was just last week when Robert Quinn got dealt right, and Roquan Smith was like at the podium doing media availability, and he like had to stop for a second. Well, he's out, and uh, who always trades for defensive players in the NFL? The Baltimore Ravens. So they add Roquan Smith. Especially a Mike Backer. Are you kidding me? Roquan Smith and that uh, that defense right there. John Harbaugh, of course. The Baltimore Ravens. Ray Lewis. We all understand the history and the value they have for some big-time inside linebacker play. So I think he's going to fit beautifully there. They are pretty consistent in uh, in Baltimore as to what their identity is, right? Every year it feels like they go out and add like two or three big-name defensive players. They draft defensive players, and they win by playing defense and basically running the ball with uh, with seven different running backs because they have more injuries at that position than anybody every year and, uh, and Lamar Jackson. Including their quarterback. Yes, there you go. Who can throw the ball. But isn't signed past this year. Interesting. So there you go. Betting on himself. Uh, as far as the Cardinals... The Arizona sports poll question that Maloney had before, who do you blame most for this loss? 81% picked Cliff Kingsbury. So let's start with coaching. We really haven't talked a ton about it yet, Wolf. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you, let's let's play this audio first. Here's Cliff Kingsbury from yesterday, what he's going to think about on the flight home. Okay, we're not going to play that. Just some of the crucial situations um, at the end, you know, the two-minute drill. Not being able to convert there. We got the crack back block, which, you know, that, that's an emphasis here. We just can't do that and get a 15-yard penalty in that that situation. And then we just got to be more efficient, coaches and players, um, getting the plays in and, and not burning timeouts. Okay, I'm going to build off that with if the offense is battling the play, uh, play clock more than he would like. Yeah, I would say so. I think um, trying to huddle with some of these new pieces, you know, new O-linemen, new receivers, um, there's some, some nuances to it that we got to get better at. And uh, like I said, we'll keep working through that process. So for me, Wolf, yesterday wasn't so much about the play calling. I don't. I found myself by the end of that game. I don't even really care what the play is. Just get it in. <laughs> I don't care what the play is. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that one right there. Um, I guarantee you, he is calling uh, some of the same plays that uh, he was calling when this was the best offense in the league last year. Um, he's doing that. Um, the problem is, of course, is execution right now and what is going on with the execution. I, I for me, I, it's get the play call in on time. That that's got to be happening, right? I mean, ask yourself this right now. You think Cliff is over there going, man? I really don't know. I don't, coaches have the next play ready to go. Boom, boom. So boom, what's going? Because because it does look like when, and I know this is not the case, but it looks like 
when they can't get these plays set and they have to call a timeout and then they come yes. out of the timeout and get a delayed oh, game. No. It looks like it looks like Cliff's like, hey, let's run, uh, let's run play A. Oh no, wait, actually, let's run. Oh, I really like play D. This is our ah, but we've been working on play. And then the the play clock just goes because I was only half joking when I said this to Bickley and Murata this morning. Even the bad teams in the league get their plays in. I know they sure. just they can't execute them or they're the wrong plays or whatever. As far as the play calling, I'm not as upset about the play calling as a lot of people are. I don't like shotgun from the goal line, and I don't like weird reverses on fourth down. I'm never going to like that, even when they work. I agree with you. But all I care about is actually call, physically get the play called. Yes. Once again, those are the extreme situations that you mentioned right there in terms of the fourth down play calling and stuff. Of course, there are some plays that I do not like. There are some play calls that I do not like. But the vast majority, you have to look at the big picture and say, execute the play, and the play will work. It's the execution that so much of the time nobody talks about. That's the part of it that gets lost. And yet, to me, it's the execution of the play that that makes the play work. Um, They burn timeouts, man. They seem to struggle with plays coming out of timeouts as well. And that, to me, is what makes me scream literally (laughs) up in the booth when you've got a timeout, you burned a timeout when you didn't want to really burn a timeout, and sometimes you do. Some, hey, listen, that's why they're there. Sometimes, yeah, give me a timeout here. I got a critical third down. I want to really think about this, especially in the first half. I want to think about this play call that I have right now and get everyone's opinion on this and make sure that we're all lined up and we're ready to go. But man, when you come out of that and then suddenly you you logistically don't snap the ball correctly, that is a, that that scream stuff. It is it, for it, all of it's us. It's the most infuriating part of this team for me is is that they look they look like when you get a group of friends together and you're trying to pick where to go eat and you can't make the decision and it's like hey it's six thirty we're all kind of hungry and you're talking and then all of a sudden it's eight and you still haven't picked where you're going to eat that's what that's what they look like on offense sometimes and then you think you're really close and the the last guy goes eh, yeah. I don't like it well, I don't really like I barbecue what why are you friends um, with us if you don't like barbecue exactly. Yes, that's what their offense looks like. And you're right, there are times, and there was one in the first half yesterday where it was like, okay, they burned a timeout, and it wasn't in the last two minutes. Every timeout doesn't have to be in the last two minutes. They burned it, and it was the right call. It ended up saving a sack, I think, as it turns out. Um, But, boy, if you ever needed the point driven home, it was the end of the game yesterday where, okay, here you go. You need a touchdown and a two-point conversion. That's not going to be easy anyway. But when you don't have any timeouts, the other team knows what you have to do, and they know basically if they sack you once, you're done. Because how are you going to get set back up and run an actual play? And that's what happened. Yeah, and uh, you know, once again, um, the the thing that bothers me is we've seen this every game this this um, burning timeouts and doing it because you can't get a play called. Um, that the you know the clock is going to the play clock is going to run out and you have to stop it and you know burn the timeout to do it. And this has been consistent. In yeah. most games that's that the they've problem. played this year, and that's—I've never seen anything like it, Basin Onions. And this is something that we're going to ask Cliff about. Uh, we have asked him about it, but once again, it, it reared its head, and this is something that absolutely must get fixed. The consistency is is really the key to it uh, for me because you can convince me yesterday. Okay, well. 
three of the five starting offensive linemen weren't in there, and Hollywood Brown wasn't in there. That was a guy. Like, okay, you didn't have James Connors not there. Like your offense that you envisioned from the start of the year, I just named you five guys for sure that aren't. That's been half of your starting offense wasn't out there yesterday. So I can understand some miscommunication in a situation like that on the road, especially when you get in the red zone and the crowd's right there on top of you. But like you said, Wolf, it's the consistency. Is there any belief it's not going to happen next week? We saw it happen last week. We saw it happen the week before. To me, it's the biggest thing plaguing this team. And that is the definition of you getting in your own way. That's not the other team even doing anything. The ball hasn't even been snapped yet. That's why it's frustrating. And that's why it's so... You look at it and you're like, okay, well, they can fix that. That's not a matter of them being outmatched. But here we are and we're going into November and they haven't fixed it. Yes, it's just something logistically between Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. they got to get that worked out. They have to. All right, when we come back, just how much does DeAndre Hopkins bring to the Cardinals offense? Look at his numbers the last two games. We're going to take a closer look at the offense since he came back. Next, it's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Here we go! Quick game! Big Red Monday and Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Let's go! Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Let's go, let's go, let's go. All right, welcome back to the show. We are out here at the Dignity Health Arizona Cardinals Training Center. Cliff Kingsbury will join us in a little under an hour, Wolf, just to complete that trade that happened in the NFL. Roquan Smith to the Baltimore Ravens for a second rounder and a fifth rounder. Wow. Um, Roquan Smith for a second rounder. I like that. A fifth rounder, yeah, you're going to throw that in there. But something tells me an extension is coming as well. Yeah, well, it goes back into that conversation of if you're the Cardinals, would you be willing to trade for somebody? Or at this point, are you like, we got to hold on to these picks? Because we don't know if, I mean, that first rounder could be a top 10 pick. You don't know. You're not hoping for that. And you could still make the playoffs, but it's, it's on the table now. Things go sideways. We'll get more into that later on, but I think the biggest key is what you just said. Anybody the Cardinals are trading for can't be a rental. It's got to be, okay, we're trading for this guy. And if, if they give up draft capital for a guy that's going to be here for a while, that's fine because the draft picks have been so hit and miss anyway. You just, you're not in rental mode, I don't think, after losing yesterday. Um, the offensive numbers, and actually these are just the team numbers, to be fair. Okay, I just did these very quickly as we were coming back from break. First six games this season without DeAndre Hopkins, they were averaging less than 20 points a game. Yeah. Two games with him, they're averaging 34 points a game. <laughs> now, there was a couple defensive touchdowns in yeah, there. Yeah, of course. But, but also, just watch the games. They clearly are light years ahead now of where they were on offense. Still not where they need to be, certainly. Yes. But they can actually move the ball now and score. Yes. Um, well, think about this, too. Despite missing 60% of their starters up front on their offensive line, The offense matched the Vikings in first downs, which were 25. That's a lot of first downs in a game. Yeah. 25. Plays, the Cardinals were actually plus two. They ran more plays. Yards, they were just minus six. Minus six in total yards. And then time of possession, the Arizona Cardinals won the time of possession. I'm just saying that, you know, you you think, oh my goodness, um, is this offense ever going to get on track? Is it ever going to start happening? Is it ever going to? Well, it is right now. Do they need to get better? Yes, they need to get better. No doubt about that. But it's not like they're awful. 
And there was a part of the season where they were bad, and we all know what part of that season was. When they played Seattle and they lost that game up there, that's the that one. Was that bad. game just sucked. You that lose the game. You leave probably 10 points on the table because you didn't trust your kicker and he missed an extra point, and you lose to Seattle, and you lose Hollywood Brown right at the end of the game. That game, if you could eliminate one game that's happened this season, no doubt for me it's that one. Just forget it. I don't, you lose to the Chiefs, you get blown out in week one, big deal. You're not Yo. going to see the Chiefs again anyway. Who cares? You're going to lose some games. The Seattle game's the one that I just want to erase from our memory. Yes, no doubt. And, you know, once again, I think D-Hop's impact, it's not only situationally on this offense, uh, but fundamentally as well. When I say fundamentally, um, you know, you think about it right now. You think about the fact that the Vikings were plus two. They were plus two in the turnover column. And um, they were plus one in sacks, as a matter of fact. They ran the ball much better. They were plus 95 in running the ball. And you know what? Once again, um, this offense is better, but it's not where it needs to be. And in particular, they need to work the rushing attack of this game back into the offense, back into the philosophy of the offense, and go from there. That's got to be ground one, in my opinion. Even when Hollywood comes back, they've got to work the running attack back into this offense and back into the blood. You do wonder how far away James Conner is because as much as I like Eno Benjamin and as much as he can't, you know, it was one game. He didn't have a great game yesterday. He had the, 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 the pass that was thrown to him where you could see him look upfield before he looked the ball into his hands. He had that block on that Kyler run where he obliterated that dude so hard. I don't even remember that guy's name, but that was a, a, a huge penalty. Um, and, and honestly, even bigger than that stuff, Wolf, they, they went away from the run yesterday in a game that they ultimately lost by one score, and I don't know that they would have gone away from it so quickly if they had James Conner. DeAndre Hopkins had the play of the day, that one-handed touchdown catch, and he spoke about it afterwards. We lost the game, so that catch don't matter. <laughs> that's, you know, I mean, that's D-Hop once again. I guess again. that's true. That's who he is right there. You know what, honestly, um, you listen to him, and I wonder if there were guys around, sitting around him, that heard that and heard him say that and saw the look on his face when he actually said it. How many guys in this league do you see celebrate a seven-yard catch on first down when their team is losing by 33? Yeah, right. That is just a catch. It's a catch an NFL player makes. That play DeAndre Hopkins made is a catch most NFL players don't make. So I get what he's saying. It doesn't really matter, especially yesterday was the first time they've ever lost with Hopkins and J.J. Watt actually playing, and those are two guys that have been in this league, and they not that they're like near the yeah. end of their career, but if you're DeAndre Hopkins, you're like, uh, it's time to be like winning playoff games at this point. He's doing what he can. It's not, didn't make a difference yesterday, um, but that was still a nice catch. No, that was, it was great. What a great play that was. What a great throw that was from Kyler Murray as well. Um, yeah, two great Great players actually making a great play right there. We need to see a lot more of it. And again, I think balance has got to come back to this offense. I keep talking about it. I know you're sick and tired of it, but balance has got to come back to this offense. It's been better since D-Hop is back. There's no doubt. But this is something I want to ask Cliff, too, when we talk to him at 145. Just how 
How um, committed is he to bringing balance back to this offense? How committed is he personally to actually saying we've got to be balanced as an offense for us to be at our best? He might think differently. He might. There have been times this season, though, like the Raiders game, we saw them stick with the run even when they were way down in that game and they yeah, stuck with second it. half. And and we saw, you know, there were times we have seen them commit to even to Kyler running. What was that? That was the I think it was the Seattle game. Kyler was running early in the game. They were very yeah, he had hundred rushing yards in that game. They were very committed. Like they have they are trying different things. The only thing that has really worked is getting DeAndre Hopkins back. Uh Hopkins talked about what happened on offense as well. I just gotta go back to the drawing boards and practice. Um, you know, the corrections. Um, you know, it's nothing that we can do now. Can't 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 go back and, and run that play over. Got to correct it in practice. You've you've seen Wolf in the first eight games. You've seen your defense be able to hold teams down, yeah. and now you've seen that the offense can move with DeAndre Hopkins. It's just a matter of how quickly can you put it together, and you're kind of almost out of time if you don't do it next week. I know. Once again, though, when you think about it, um, did D Hop have good numbers in your opinion to this game? Do you think he, you know, you twelve catches at, for 159 yards? Yeah, it's pretty good, it's, it's right? Pretty good numbers. It's pretty yeah. good, right there. Yeah, lost the game. And um, why did you lose the game? Well, you know what? You threw the ball 44 times, and your quarterback got picked off twice. Now Greg Dorch as well put the ball on the ground. And the line of scrimmage was dominated largely by the Minnesota Vikings on both sides of the ball. Um, You need to get back to being that team. I keep talking about it, but it was right in front of their faces, and that's the thing that makes it so perplexing to me to see Kyler Murray and how well he played in that offense when they were using a lot of two tight ends, when they were running the ball with James Conner in the middle. Now, I know James Conner has been hurt. I understand that. But even in the beginning of the year when he wasn't all banged up, it just seemed like we were not committed to running the ball, and this is where this offense needs to evolve. DeAndre Hopkins... It's great to have them back. But this is what's going to happen. And by the way, once you get into the 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 part of the season where you've got to have a game. You gotta win a game. You must have game. You must have a game that you gotta win. The pressure pack games, man, you gotta be able to run the ball more times than not, especially in bad weather cities. You gotta be able to run the ball. And if you can't, you're at a serious disadvantage going into that game. That's the reason why you've got to develop it all season long. What's uh, amazing is even with all the miscommunication yesterday, if they don't turn the ball over as much as they did, there's a pretty good chance they win that game. And the other thing that's amazing, as I'm listening to you talk, is all the people that were calling this an air raid offense the first seven weeks last year when they were running the ball, now they're not running the ball as much and nobody's calling it the air raid offense anymore. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, all right, when we come back, what did Gambo think of the Cardinals' loss to Minnesota yesterday? He's going to join us next for some Big Red Cross talk. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.